Readings from the book of Luke. John's father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Bless the Lord God of Israel, because he has come to help and has delivered his people. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in his servant David's house. Just as he said through the mouths of his holy prophets long ago, he has brought salvation from our enemies and from the power of all those who hate us. He has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and remembered his holy covenant, the solemn pledge he made to our ancestor Abraham. He has granted that we would be rescued from the power of our enemies so that we could serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness in God's eyes for as long as we live. You, child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way. You will tell his people how to be saved through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of our God's deep compassion, the dawn from heaven will break upon us to give light to those who are sitting in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet on the path of peace. In the 15th year of the rule of the emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor over Judea and Herod was ruler over Galilee, His brother Philip was ruler over Iturea, and Trachonitis and Licinius was ruler over Abilene during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas. God's word came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. John went throughout the region of the Jordan River, calling for people to be baptized to show that they were changing their hearts and lives, and wanted God to forgive their sins. This is just as it was written in the scroll of Isaiah the prophet. A voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley will be filled and every mountain and hill will be leveled. The crooked will be made straight and the rough plains made smooth. All humanity will see God's salvation. The word of God for the world. Well, what a joy to be here today, what an honor indeed it is, Um, and to be here on the Peace Sunday of uh, of Advent is a a very special time also. Uh, The Peace Sunday, the lighting of the peace candle. But who in the world would say that John the Baptist had anything to do with peace? Why, the first time this guy came was in the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Iturea, 
and Trachonitis. And Lysanias, ruler of Abilene during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas. And this guy still comes most every year. We encounter him in the Advent scriptures. A wilderness hippie hollering, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. But these days, we are on the lookout for him. Mostly, we want to avoid his barking voice. We see him sort of wild-eyed and hippie-like, hollering, sometimes even down the aisle of this church, (laughs) hollering, sort sort of like that cross that you see on the road that's a little bit fraught with guilt, maybe an accusation, the cross that proclaims, prepare to meet thy God. Well, in ancient times... When the ruler would be coming, the DOT, you know, the Department of Transportation, got to work making a road, and they would smooth out the craggy mountain and hill places, and then fill in the dips and valleys, and then straighten out the crooked mountain curves, and then everybody could come out and see the ruler as he or she smoothly rode along. Well, John the Baptist was sort of like the D.O.T. for the coming of Jesus. But folks, in that 15th year of the reign of Tiberius, could recall that they were well forewarned about this guy, well forewarned in the prophets that were read in their synagogues. Around 400 years before Jesus, the, the prophet who's name, simply named Messenger, just Messenger, Malachi, proclaimed that God will send a messenger of the covenant, a messenger of the Jewish relationship to God. But he would preach fire and brimstone. Well, in the New Testament in Greek, the, the word messenger is agalos, The same word for angel, angel, messenger. Now, John, this hippie-like words of fire messenger would not be like our vision of an angel. We think maybe of a soft-spoken, very wise, sometimes mystical-like creature, maybe even a person. John, like a furnace, burning and purifying and refining till all the folks showed up in God's goodness and right living. And Malachi asks, who can put up with this? Who can stand when he comes? Who's going to listen to him? Well, John's story sort of exactly fits these Malachi questions. To start with, His aging daddy was a priest. You remember how one day while he was doing his temple work, a messenger, an angel, appeared saying, as they generally always say because they scare the the bejeebies out of us. The angel appeared and said, don't be afraid. And he announced that the barren family would be blessed with a son, a messenger son. The startled priest, Zechariah, couldn't even speak after this. Bizarre stuff. 
So, 400 years later, here is this Malachi messenger in all his radical glory, a kid born to aging parents, his daddy a priest. John, as an adult, lives in the woods and hollers. But he has a sense of God's calling for him. And there's something about him, amazingly, People listened. He caught their attention, and they came to be baptized by John for the forgiveness of sins, starting life fresh again, getting ready for God to be among them. Perhaps God knows that catching human attention is some feat. And so raucous ways and angels scaring the bejeebies out of us But we all pay attention in different ways. Now, messengers come from God, whether we hear them or not. Or we hear and do not really listen. We're distracted, jolted, bewildered, resistant, just doing our own thing. But God's messengers keep on coming. Maybe in the scripture text as messages. Why, like today, these messengers are these gifted folks with bringing extraordinary music that's rolled down from the mountain some from a hundred years before. And then there's the messengers like the Messiah. Every valley shall be exalted and every hill and plain made low. Hallelujah, King of kings and Lord of lords. Sometimes even a preacher can be a messenger or a lecture or a group discussion. Another human, living or even dead, calls us to notice and be ready for God in our lives. Maybe, as the children said, a prayer is a messenger or a novel or some other text or a bird or a pet or the incredible creation that surrounds us here and even in distant places. And today, we might just sense that this table of our Lord, the Supper, is a messenger of God reminding us of Christ's great forgiving love for us and our call from him to be ready to encounter God right even in this place. Our ears and our hearts as deep listeners, ready to be freshly molded by God. But, like Bob Dylan writes, the angels, or messengers, play on their horns all day or give God's messages all day. And the whole earth in progression seems to pass by. But does anyone hear the music they play? Does anyone even try? it on the mountain. This song draws us to yet another messenger description. 
the prophet Isaiah's messenger, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of the messenger who announces peace, who brings good news, who announces salvation, and who says to Zion, your God reigns. (laughs) Beautiful feet, beautiful going, beautiful telling, beautiful messenger. And in these mountains, that song sort of takes on a vibrant life, encouraging the message from high places to everywhere. And the message, the Prince of Peace is coming. So get ready for him. Get ready for Jesus, who is the personification of peace. And notice here, though, that Isaiah in the text is the messenger who first announces this peace incorporated into good news and salvation and your God reigns. And then in Luke 1, the daddy says, you, child John, will go before the Lord to prepare his ways of forgiveness, mercy, light, and peace. So the first word from Isaiah's messenger is to announce peace. And then this last word from Daddy Zechariah is peace. Peace was the last word in Luke before Jesus was born to guide our feet into the way of peace. The message from God is the Prince of Peace, is peace. Peace like shalom points to wholeness, things working together to be well, not just personally, but in the, in the world. For indeed, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And as Michael called us in our prayer to the horrid shootings in San Bernardino, hordes and crowds of Syrian refugees torn away from their roots looking for a new home, racial demonstrations against police, increasing numbers of homeless families and children, discriminatory laws, violence where there's been peace and Blood running in schools and movie houses and concert halls and cafes in our own days of fear and wondering and anxiety and hardship. And we long for peace. Could be we even long for our own beautiful feet to go in the way of peace and maybe to guide others along that journey. The literal meaning of the word in Greek, to guide, brings a sense of efficiency and urgency to the verb, sort of like a DOT deadline, Uh, a sense of knowing what is to be done and how it is to be done and to move it on out in, in the urgency of Advent preparation. Paths of urgent peace are probably described best by Francis of Assisi. Where there is hatred, let me so love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. 
Where there is despair, hope. Where there's sadness, joy. Treading these paths, maybe not four-lane highways or roads, but trodden paths, God's peace then grows within us, and God's mercy shows up like warm, beautiful, multicolored dawn breaking into the dark places of our living. And then as we have trod these paths, breaking even into the dark places of violence and war and injustice and anxiety. But we already know in our resistance and our selfishness that following a path of peace could cost us dearly and giving up some of the privileges uh, or time or money that we have so that others can have goodness and security or maybe even ceasing some of our habits or just discovering that we are not as holy and righteous as we thought. Folks, though, really caring about peace means grief followed by action, which themselves could be God's messengers also. Whoever or whatever God's messenger calls, like old John, calls for us to answer for our lives, for Christ is coming to us. My faith says he is not coming to do harm or to damage or to even even the score, but Jesus comes in love as he always comes to make things right and just and guide our feet into places of love, pardon, faith, hope, and joy. Now, we really have no excuses about getting on this path of peace. For with John the Baptist and all kinds of messengers, we cannot say that God doesn't warn us to get ready for the main event of the Lord in our lives. The Prince of Peace is already here. And if we really hear and listen to God's messengers and allow God's message to be integral in our lives, then it will be like old daddy Zachariah's song on the day of John's birth. This Luke 1 text is called the Benedictus. And the early church may have sung this song, but the church continues to sing it, and we're going to sing it in just a few minutes. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel for sending a mighty Savior who would help us serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness all our days. And then John's message in that song gives us awareness of the love of God in forgiving our sins, and it will be in the tender mercy of God that the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness 
and in the shadow of death to guide our feet in the way of peace. But you know, come think of it. Do you think that you or I could really be a John the Baptist? Or maybe even an angel messenger of God, one with beautiful feet? Anne Weems, in an almost whimsical way, sort of expounds on our taking on this messenger role. She says, wouldn't it be grand to be an angel and have as your address the realms of the glory of God? And maybe swing on rainbows and gather stars in your pockets, winging in and out of earth in a flurry of moon dust with the messages from God, comforting the distressed, warning the righteous, delivering the just, guarding little children. Of course, we can comfort and warn and deliver and guard and grieve and move to action. And maybe, she says, if we get that right, we can swing on rainbows later. Or how would it be to be a John the Baptist with an address in the wilderness, eating honey and locusts, going down to the river with the message from God, reminding neighbors of God's forgiving love that guides feet into paths of peace. Or just maybe, how is it to just have beautiful feet telling God's message and living God's message of love and peace? The message of Advent also is perk up, pay attention. Even at this table of message, the radical message of God's grace is demonstrated here in mercy and even peace. Here our Lord calls us individually and as a congregation to once again accept with deep gratitude God's loving gift of forgiveness through Christ our Lord's life and death and resurrection. The broken bread and the cup Call us to pay attention and to follow him into paths of peace and even to lead others on that journey. Amen.